Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Sensitive and Soulful Show. I'm your host, Alyssa Boyer, and I'm sending you so much love today. If you're listening to this episode on the day that it comes out, then happy Valentine's Day. I hope you have a beautiful day and that you feel loved. I know we all have different feelings around Valentine's Day. I'm kind of like whatever about it. I mean, I feel like it, you know, actually I like it. (laughs) I like it for the most part. I think I like any opportunity for a day to feel special and like out of the ordinary. So I do like that, but I will say I used to not like it for a long time because when I was 14, I got dumped on Valentine's Day. Like what the heck? (laughs) That left a bad taste in my mouth for a long time. That was really hard. (laughs) That was traumatizing. I mean, I say that lightly, but that was a really tough time. So uh, anyway, today's episode is all about relationships and how to navigate them as a highly sensitive person. And this episode is actually a re-air. It came out back in October of 2021, and it is consistently one of our most popular episodes to date. And so I felt like it was a good one to bring back to the surface for anyone who's new here, for anyone who hasn't listened to that episode. Like, it's a, it's a must listen, honestly. I tried to make it very comprehensive and jam-packed with info to help you really thrive and, and have your best relationships as an HSP. So I really hope you enjoy and please be sure to share this episode with a friend, share it in your stories, tag me, let me know where you're listening. I always love that. And yeah, thank you for being here. Enjoy the episode and I will talk to you soon. Welcome to The Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. I get asked a lot of questions about relationships and being an HSP. A lot of people want to know what type of partner we should be with, um, how we can navigate relationships in a healthier way, what we can do when we're an HSP but our partner is not an HSP. I also hear a lot about HSPs and narcissists. I know a lot of people have have encountered narcissists and and it seems to be that like a common thing that happens is sensitive empathic people can sometimes find themselves wrapped up with a narcissistic person. So I really wanted to cover all of that and share my best tools and tips and and my best understanding on on all of these topics so that you can walk into your life with more confidence and ease and just know that you have the ability to have healthy, happy relationships. The first thing I really wanted to cover was navigating relationships between HSPs and non-HSPs. I think this is important because as HSPs, we make up about 15 to 20% of the population. 
So that means that the majority of people around us will not be HSPs. It also means that there is a good chance that you might be dating or married to a non-HSP, potentially. So I am certainly not a relationship expert, but I am married to a non-HSP. We've been together for mm, almost six years. And so I wouldn't say it was right off the bat just really easy for me to be a highly sensitive person uh, with somebody who's not highly sensitive. It was a journey and (laughs) there were times where it was really hard. So kind of let me set the stage for you here. It can be often hard for us as HSPs to be with a less sensitive partner because they might not understand our experience. They might not understand why certain things are so stressful or overwhelming to us um, because they, you know, they don't have that same experience. So there can be somewhat of a disconnect. Um, And that's why it's really important to learn about being an HSP and learn what you need so that you can then communicate that to your partner. So for me, like my husband is definitely a jokester. He likes to have fun. He's more of an extrovert. And I definitely appreciate that fun-loving, goofy nature of his for sure. And like him being an extrovert makes outings a lot of fun because we'll go to a restaurant and he'll just like strike up a conversation with a random person. And um, it can be really interesting sometimes. However, it can also be draining for me. And in the beginning of our relationship, I would often do more than I felt comfortable with, meaning I would, you know, go to every social event and I would always feel like I had to say yes to things because I wanted to be fun, but then I would end up feeling drained and depleted. So over time, I began to realize that it was important for me to state what I needed and to be okay with that. So sometimes that meant like not choosing not to go out to dinner or Um, you know, have another busy weekend with friends. I had to start feeling more comfortable saying what I needed and honoring myself for that rather than judging myself or thinking that there was something wrong with me. It's really important for us to be able to to give ourselves what we need and to be able to speak up and, and share that. And a lot of people will tell me that they feel like their partner doesn't really get what it means to be an HSP. Maybe, you know, you hear from them sometimes like, oh, why are you so sensitive? Or like, it was just a joke. Um, And and maybe you have more of a, a logical partner per se, and they're not necessarily as emotional as you. So again, there can be that kind of disconnect. So this is where I find it very important, again, to have the awareness around the trait and feel well informed about it so then you can go ahead and like inform the people in your life about it. So if you're wanting to feel more understood by your partner, here are some things that you can do. One, respect your differences. We can't expect them to think or act or feel the same way that we do. And if we try to change them and make them be more like us, you're both going to end up frustrated. Like we don't want to feel like we have to change who we are. And so it's it's important to show that same respect to your partner as well, respecting and honoring your differences. I also believe it's very important to state our needs clearly. The point of stating our needs clearly is we can't expect people to read our minds. We need to be direct and forthcoming about what we need. And 
So this can look like, you know, if you need to share your feelings about something and you don't want to get advice on the topic, you simply want to just like maybe vent, actually say that before you start talking. You can say, I don't need advice, but I would like to share how I'm feeling. And just putting it out there and saying it very simply. That was something pretty groundbreaking that I learned in my own relationship was just the importance of learning to speak my partner's language. My husband is a more direct person. And so if I want, you know, want to talk about something, what works best is just being very direct. Hi, do you have five minutes to talk about this house remodel decision? You know what I mean? Like being very direct about what I want to talk about. And it might sound silly, but like, it's amazing how many misunderstandings and fights don't happen when you're very clear about what you need or what you want to talk about. So don't underestimate the value of that. I also want to say that we do not want to expect our partner to fulfill our every single need. This is a mistake I see so many people making. And it's like this idea that our partner has to fulfill every single need for us. We, you know, we're expecting them to always be an emotional support, always have the deep conversations that we crave, always be fun. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, we can expect, we often expect one person to be everything to us. And that's like a tall order. Like, that's, that's asking a lot of somebody. Of course, it's important, like our, our partners should fulfill our needs and be there as a support and um, uplift us. But we do not want to rely on them for all of the things all of the time. So it's really important that you have a support system in your life. You have different friends and, you know, family members that you can go to for different things to fulfill those needs for yourself. I think a lot of times we're putting so much emphasis on our significant other and then Resentment can build when they're not doing exactly what we wanted or hoped for and, you know, they're not fulfilling every single need. And so I think it's really important to kind of assess what you're expecting and see if it makes sense and see if there are ways that maybe you are kind of putting a little bit too much on them. I also think it's really important to like clean up your side of the street, meaning doing the self-work for yourself And knowing that it's not your job to control other people and change them. It's only your job to manage your own experience. And you'll find that when you're showing up with more confidence in your daily life, when you're feeling good, you're doing the self-work, you're meditating, you're beginning to really accept yourself, it's going to positively impact your relationship too. You're going to show up with a different energy and that can then kind of have a ripple effect on your relationship. So you know, a lot of times we're feeling like, oh, I just, they don't understand me. And I, you know, I wish they accepted my sensitivity. And of course, you deserve to be accepted and loved for exactly who you are. But I think it it really always starts with us. And we, you know, it's very important for us to be able to validate ourselves. If we are waiting for someone else to validate us and tell us that we're okay as we are, then we're always going to be living on other people's opinions of us. And like, if anyone ever has a, an opinion we don't like, then it's going to totally crush us. So it's really important to have that energy for yourself, that self-acceptance in the first place. 
And I want to also address that, like, if your partner tells you often to be less sensitive or less emotional, that maybe they're more logical, they just don't understand it. So, you know, society has conditioned us to believe that being sensitive is a bad thing. A lot of us kind of grew up with that, that mindset, right? Like, that's why many of us have felt shame for being sensitive and felt like we needed to hide it. And so, you know, we're, we're in a paradigm shift. The fact that we're even choosing to embrace our sensitivity, that's a new concept to a lot of people. And so because of the way we've been conditioned, oftentimes a lot of people, like even the ones who love us so much, may have this belief ingrained in them without even realizing it. Because maybe they grew up hearing that being sensitive and emotional was was bad. And so they, you know, suppressed that in, in themselves. I'm not saying it's okay or something to accept that your partner is saying, oh, stop being so sensitive. But I'm saying to kind of look at it from that view and see, oh, maybe, you know, maybe that's why they they are saying that. When your partner says this to you, it goes back to stating your needs and being very clear. So have a conversation with them when you're feeling calm and collected, you know, like it, it, it usually helps us like share how we're feeling in a easy to understand way when we are feeling calm and grounded. So if, if it's said to you and you're feeling very overwhelmed and frazzled, take some time and then bring it up when you're feeling better and let them know why this is hurtful to you and how being sensitive actually has a lot of amazing gifts. Because I always tell people the reason your partner loves you, probably a lot of it has to do with your sensitivity, meaning the way that you are so caring, the way you're so thoughtful, your intelligence, like all of these wonderful traits about you, like a lot of them will be related to you being an HSP. So I think that's actually a pretty cool thing to explain to them. Like, yeah, I know that there's some parts of my sensitivity that might be a little tough for you, but also the reasons that you, the things you really like about me also are related to this. And so let them know that you're working on loving your sensitivity and that it would mean a lot if they helped you with that journey by not making those comments. And I think that's just a beautiful way to start having that conversation. And again, it may, might take some time, but as you're, you're doing this work on yourself, you know, just know you deserve that respect and you deserve to speak up and, and feel heard and supported and accepted for who you are. And then, of course, some of you are going to be in relationships with other HSPs. And so I can't speak directly from experience here. I've never, I don't think I've ever been with an HSP. However, I have friends who are in this situation and I think I can kind of gather my thoughts on it just based on my research and everything. So I think one of the wonderful benefits right at the forefront of two HSPs being together is that you're going to understand each other's experience. You're going to be able to notice when your partner is becoming overwhelmed and you know, you're going to know how to support them. You're going to be able to have empathy for for one another much, probably much easier than a a non-HSP with an HSP. So I think those are some really great benefits there for sure. I think one of the downfalls could be if both of you are in an overwhelmed state and neither one is able to kind of be a calm grounding resource, then it could be challenging. So I think if you are an HSP in a relationship with another HSP, I would say it would be really important to have 
grounding techniques and ways that you can kind of calm yourself when your partner might be feeling worked up so that you can kind of take turns being there as a support for one another. So on that note, I also kind of wanted to touch on energetic boundaries and why they're so important for us in our close relationships, especially. So on days when my husband has had a stressful day, he has got a lot going on. For me as an empath, it can be really easy for me to feel like feel his energy and feel like it's my responsibility to fix it. And really what it's coming down to is me being uncomfortable with his discomfort and wanting to make it go away. And what this is really coming down to in many ways is is codependency, which is something I've struggled with, something that a lot of other HSPs have struggled with as well. So codependency will look like um, always like we're having sort of an obsession with how the other person is feeling and wanting to manage their experience, wanting to make sure they make the right choices, make sure they're always feeling okay, you know, just like kind of watching their every move and being so attached to how they're feeling and like letting their feelings affect you on a deep level. So basically it can look like if your partner is having a bad day, then you're automatically having a bad day. You are so enmeshed and attached and you will do anything you can to manage their experience so that, you know, you too can feel better. I think probably a lot of you could could relate to that. And so where energetic boundaries really come in here is it's important for us to be able to be grounded and secure in our own space. And so I've been practicing having, you know, imagining there's a shield around me and being very intentional to kind of tell myself internally, that is his experience and I am in my own experience. And he is allowed to have days where he doesn't feel amazing and it's not my responsibility to fix everything, which can be kind of hard for us as caretaking empath types. We often feel like, well, I just want to make everything better. I don't want him to be upset. And that's a beautiful thing. And of course, in relationships, we we want to be there as a support and we want to help and, and fix. And it's help, it's okay, of course, to a certain degree, but it's not a great thing when it's completely derailing you and you can't even think straight because you're just like so wrapped up in fixing their problems to the point that it's it's affecting you negatively. So the practice that I love to use is this me, not me practice, which you can find in the, the HSP Boundary Bundle. And there is a me, not me practice. And basically what that practice is about is you really feeling into your own space and in your own body and just like getting really familiar with what your energy feels like. And when you do that, then you can really feel separate from the other person and not in a bad way, but more just like, okay, they are them and I am me. And rather than as empaths, I think a lot of times we're outside of our bodies and we're essentially in someone else's body. Like we're just more focused on their experience and we're totally detached from our own experience. And I don't think that's, I know that that is not a healthy place to navigate a relationship from because when you're only focused on them and you're not focused on yourself, you're going to deplete yourself. You're going to overextend yourself and you're going to feel disconnected. Because it's like you're just tending to what everyone else needs 
and you're not honoring yourself, you're not paying attention to what's important to you, and it can get to a point where you don't even know what you need because you're just so wrapped up in the other person all of the time. So having those energetic boundaries are really, really important. And to dive more into that, definitely check out the Boundary Bundle because there's all of the information you need on boundaries there. So I just wanted to bring that up. And I also, I really want to go back to to how your relationship with yourself affects your relationships. I know everyone says like you can't love someone else until you love yourself. And I believe, I don't think that we have to be like this perfectly healed, amazing, fully, just like a perfectly healed person. I don't think you have to be to this perfect state in order to be in a relationship. I actually think there is a lot of beautiful growth that happens in relationships. But I do think it's very, very important to be in a relationship that you feel complements you and improves your life. I don't think it's always helpful for us to be in a relationship with somebody who think that they're completing us, they're like filling a void. I I love the idea of being a whole worthy human being, two whole worthy human beings coming together to be in a relationship because then we're not trying to fill in all of the gaps. We're not relying on another person to fulfill us fully because we are already whole and complete on our own. And this significant other is only adding value to our lives. And the sum of us together is greater than apart, but we are still okay apart as well. I hope that makes sense. Um, I can see it visually when I explain it. But you know, so I, I think you probably get the idea that I'm that I'm getting at here. It's about feeling whole and content within yourself, knowing that you are good enough as you are. Because when you have that mindset in a relationship, you're going to be able to show up with more confidence. You are going to be able to honor your needs. You're going to, you know, feel worthy of speaking up for for what's important to you. And you're not going to feel that like desperate, anxious energy to always be perfect so that they won't leave. And a lot of us have had childhood trauma to some extent, and this will absolutely affect the way we navigate relationships. And so, you know, if you've had some very intense childhood trauma or or even like in your later years, like I definitely urge you to to seek professional therapy if you're not already. Like I always want to say I'm not a therapist. I I'm a mentor for HSPs and I, I can share from my own experience, but please make sure you get that kind of professional support if it's if it's something that's really, really heavy for you. But just kind of speaking on how our upbringing can affect us in our relationships and how we can often not feel whole and then struggle to have a healthy relationship. So, you know, a lot of a lot of HSPs I talked to had situations where they felt like they had to be perfect in order to win over their parents' affection and attention. And with our childhood experiences, like if our needs were not met as a child, it it felt like life or death. If you were crying and crying and crying and your parents didn't pick you up, for you as an infant, it can literally feel like it's a life or death, death situation because you are so dependent on your parents. And so these kinds of situations can then become ingrained in us and affect us as adults and kind of make us have those 
anxious attachment styles where we're feeling like, you know, we always need to be impressive and productive and perfect and perfectly put together in order to be worthy of receiving love and affection and attention. And so it's really important to to do that type of work, that inner child work, in order to have a really healthy, happy relationship. Because without that, we're, we will allow ourselves to be mistreated because we we don't know our worth. And with the childhood issues, with the traumatic experiences, if we didn't feel loved and accepted as a child, this directly is related to our, our level of self-worth because that's where it all begins. It's all rooted in childhood. If we didn't feel worthy of love then, then we're not going to naturally feel worthy of love as adults. But there truly is like ways to work through that and get to a place where you feel fully worthy of love and attention and affection. So if that is a a struggle for you, I definitely recommend really diving into that work because, yeah, it's important for us to have that level of self-love and acceptance in order for us to show up well in relationships. I, you know, I had before my husband, I had dated somebody who was really not good for me and really hit on a lot of my my issues. And um, so basically, I had very low self-worth. And this boyfriend of mine was unfaithful and talked down to me, was very disrespectful, and often would kind of humiliate me in public. And it was really hard for me. And unfortunately, I stayed in it for way too long. I should have left a lot sooner. But it was a direct reflection of my self-worth. The way I was allowing him to treat me and to talk to me was directly related to me not feeling good about who I was. Because if I was in a place where I was filled with self-love and acceptance, I would have known that being called a crybaby in front of my friends was not okay. And I knew it wasn't okay at the time. Of course, I knew that was messed up, but I didn't have the confidence to speak up for myself. And what I did instead was was try to make myself more perfect so that I would minimize the amount of times that he could possibly find something bad to say about me. But of course, that was impossible. He would always find something that he didn't like about me that he could pick on me for. And, you know, I was an easy target. I just let it happen. And and I, I didn't get apologies. And looking back at that is kind of painful because I just want to, like, give that Alyssa a hug and just tell her, like, oh, you deserved so much better. And I knew that. Like, I knew it, but I didn't have the confidence or self-worth to really believe it. You know what I mean? It was like I, I just kept accepting that because it's what was right in front of me. And I think... That's that can be hard for a lot of us HSPs. I, in all honesty, I have not met an HSP who hasn't um, struggled with self worth at some level. A lot of us do. I really think a lot of it has to do with just growing up in a society where sensitivity isn't necessarily encouraged, and that can affect us and make us feel like the way we are is wrong and bad and you know, there's something messed up about us or whatever. Uh, At least that's kind of how my experience was. So with all of that, it can be, yeah, it can be really hard for us to, to feel good in our skin and and feel full of self-acceptance. So 
obviously that's why I do this work because I want you to feel really good about who you are because I know that when you feel good, everything else in your life can start to fall into place and you can have those healthier, more meaningful relationships and you can improve the relationship that you're in now. You can speak up your needs more. You can feel more fulfilled. It, it really, there's so much tied to our self-worth and to our self-acceptance. And so on that note, I want to talk about HSPs and narcissists and why is there that attraction? Because I think that's, again, one of the most common things I'll hear from HSPs and empaths is like this experience of of continuing to cross paths with narcissists and kind of fall victim to it. And so I think the big thing here is the reason why there's that attraction is empathy. Highly sensitive people have an abundance of empathy and narcissists lack empathy. And so a narcissist is going to thrive on your attention and you know, you always just like doting on them and they they might come to you and like have problems and there's always something wrong or they're always saying that there's something wrong with you or whatever. And you might kind of see them as like a fixer upper project like, oh, well, if I could just do this, then then they'll be OK. And so narcissists can really pick up on the way HSPs are going to be so empathetic and actually love, you know, we often love to be a caretaker and be helpful to people. So they will see that as an opportunity. And for an HSP, especially if you're kind of like unhealed, meaning you just are are still in that like low self-worth place, it can be really easy for you to get caught up in that. Just the example from my past relationship, I don't think he was a narcissist, but he was, you know, didn't treat me right. And when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, of course, no matter what you do, it's never going to be enough. They're always going to blame you. They're always going to blame everyone else except themselves. And it's maddening. It's incredibly unhealthy and draining and exhausting. And so it's important for us as HSPs to be able to recognize when we're coming into contact with a narcissistic person and, you know, disengage. Like, I think a lot of times we'll get caught up, our empathy will get the best of us, and we will think like, well, you know, if I just, if I'm just there enough for them, if I just support them enough, if I just do things right, then everything's going to be okay. Then things will work out. And, you know, like I said, it's never enough. It's never enough. And so you get those signs that somebody is a narcissist. So some of those signs can be disregard for other people, like, literally a lack of empathy for anyone else, never think of thinking of others. They may have a fixation with their appearance and just be obsessed with how they come across to others. They always think everything is everyone else's fault. It's literally there isn't the self-awareness. It's never their fault. It's never their problem. It's always everyone else. They live off of praise. They need constant adoring and praise from you and from everyone else. They may fear abandonment and kind of make you feel trapped. You leave at all, then you're a selfish person. And and for a deeply empathetic person, hearing that from somebody can be very triggering because you have that deep empathy and you want to be supportive. But in time, you will find that it truly only depletes you and drains you. And it's not a situation that will get better or change. It's important to 
disengage and and stay away from these types of relationships because it's re- it can be really really hard for us and when we are so rooted in who we are and we are feeling good about ourselves just as we are we don't need someone else to complete us we aren't going to be available for a relationship with a narcissist we'll be able to see that this person is is lacking empathy and we'll be able to see that you know they're crying out for attention and we'll we'll be able to kind of be aware of the ways they're trying to manipulate us and when your self-worth is high and when you are connected to yourself you're not going to necessarily fall victim to a person like that because you're able to see that oh this is not a healthy person for me and I value myself too much to get involved with this like I know what I deserve and I don't deserve somebody who needs my constant coddling and adoration and and attention. You're going to be so connected to yourself that it isn't going to be something that really tempts you. So all of this is going back to that self-validation and the self-love and self-acceptance and I hope that this was helpful for you. I feel like we kind of packed in a lot of information here, but it's a big one. It's a big one. And all of us have relationships to some degree, friendships, relationships, dating in our lives. And so it's really important for us to know how to navigate them and take really good care of ourselves along the way. So I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.